We are, we are week two. I am following up a master message uh, last week by Seth Tom Boley. Uh, I don't know why I put him first. Uh, that, was, that was not smart on my end. But uh, if you were not here last week, go watch the podcast. I guess you can't watch it. It's audio. Uh, go listen to the podcast. It, it's on Spotify. Uh, he talked about sexual immorality, the sexual sins that we walk into every day, the things that we're tempted with, the things we struggle with. Amazing message on how to attack those things, how, how to navigate that area of our lives. And tonight I'm talking about singleness. <laughs> every, everyone's least favorite topic ever. Uh, Hey, here's, I, we're going to be talking about a topic tonight. Obviously, it's, it's singleness, but I want you to, to know we're talking about, uh, I've titled this topic, Don't Waste the Wait. And I don't care if you're dating, single, if you're engaged, uh, if you don't want to be any of those things, really. I don't care where you are. If you're waiting on something that's, that's coming, if you're believing God for the next step, but it's not quite here, this message is for you. I'm going to be talking a lot about relationships, but I'm also talking about don't waste the season that you're in, hoping for what's to come. And so if you get anything out of tonight, I've been praying that the Lord would give each one of you, because how many of you know relationships are complicated? I don't know how Facebook got it right when they put that little option there in the left side of the Facebook menu. How many of y'all are even on Facebook? Wow, come on. A lot of proud supporters. Um, but comp relationships are complicated. And one thing that I do know is that each one of us navigate a different relationship at some point in our lives. And no one relationship is probably going to look the same in so many different ways. And so I'm not going to stand up here and act like I know all of the word and exactly what your scenario looks like and how to dive into scripture. What I want to do is I don't want to go through a, a list of practical steps on like, Make sure you're home by 10 and like how to date and like looking for boo. And, but I want to help you right now. I want to help you right now in this season of your life. How, how are we preparing for the thing that we're looking forward to? It could be relationships for a lot of you. But for a lot of you, it's going to be a job. For a lot of you, it could be uh, graduation. How many seniors in the house? So close. Come on, y'all are almost there. Uh, but hey, Emily and I's heart for this is not that we would lay out this perfect plan of how to date or what singleness should look like. We want you to win in relationships. We want you to navigate this season well. We want you to feel confident when you walk into a relationship. We want to equip you with the things that all godly Christ followers should have as they walk into a relationship. Because I'll tell you this. Our marriage is a, an example of our love for Christ. Your relationships should be an example of your love for Christ. And too often times we get in the middle of relationships and we're like, why does this not look like Christ? It, it, we didn't take the time to work on us in the season. We had the most time to work on us. So I'm going to dive in. Man, I love to worship. Gosh, I love our worship team. Uh, we're going to get in. Y'all can... Give it up for the Lord. Yeah, that's fine. There's no rules here. But I want to jump in tonight. Uh, when I was in, <laughs> singleness season was 
how many feel like you've been in there just a long time? You know, just it's okay. You can be honest with everybody and yourself. Uh, I I was in there, so I got to two thousand. I got to CBC at two thousand seven. I walked in. I walked up in the school, smaller college. Uh, there was this phrase. I don't know how many of you know it. Ring by spring. Have y'all ever heard that? Well, I was all about it. I was, I mean, I came from high school, Cabot, Arkansas, to Conway, booming metropolis. I thought, man, I am for sure going to find my wife here. I'm going to a Bible school. I'm going to find a godly woman, date her in the fall, and marry by spring of 2007. In 2017, I got married. So there was uh, a lot of years in between that, 10 years to be exact. It could have been my pickup line that I always used. I said, what's up, girl? You need some free time. And it worked. It worked. Tell them. It worked. You notice there's two different reactions to that. The guys are like, yes, that's amazing. And the girls are like. So guys, I just gave you a little bit of what not to do. That's point number one. I'm kidding. Uh, But hey, I want to look at Genesis 2 tonight. You're like, you're talking about relationships and you're going to Genesis 2. What are you doing? Uh, There's this idea in the Bible. A lot of theologians use it, but it's, it's the idea of the law of first mention. So. Uh, let's take this back to your childhood days. How many of you know when your, your parents used to say, like, uh, go clean your... I was going to say somebody's name. Go clean your room. And you're like, ah, but mom, I just... Uh. And then they're like, don't you make me tell you again, boy. You know that tone. You know it. How many of you know the first time it's mentioned is important? Your mom about to whoop that tail. You don't get in there and clean up your room. Jesus ain't going to do that. But when Jesus, when the Lord uses something for the first time in Scripture, there's usually uh, context, there's usually original meaning that we can draw from, that we can pull from, that is meaningful for our lives. So this idea of the first mention, if we look back to when was the first time in relationship that we had to wait? And it's in the relationship between Adam and Eve and God in the garden. And we're going to take a look at that tonight. So just to set the tone, uh, in Genesis 1, God said, let's make man in our image. Uh, in God's image, we were created to have relationship. To, by no means am I saying we were all created for marriage. There's some of you in here that maybe uh, don't want to get married. And that's okay. God didn't create us all to want to get married one day. He had created us in relationship. He created us to crave the relationship, but he didn't cre- create us all for marriage. But a lot of you, I would venture to say, I want to get married one day. And that's okay too. So God said, okay, I made man. Whew, that was hard work. I'm going to take a break. No, he didn't say that. So he then says, okay, Adam, I'm going to give you this garden. You're going to tend to it. You're going to work it. You're going to, you're going to get some food from it. Uh, you just can't eat of this stuff over here. Like you, just, you can't eat of this one tree. And that's basically what he did. And then he said, hey... This is where we pick up in Genesis 2.18. It says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. 
So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But still, there was no helper just right for him. If you keep reading, uh, God ends up making him a helper. He gives him Eve, takes him from his rib. Y'all know the story. A lot of you probably do. Uh, if not, you can go read it there. But I want to I pinpoint this gap between God saying, Hey, you need a helper. And him actually delivering a helper to Adam. I've never seen it before. I've never dove into this study, but I do know that there's a significance in the waiting period that Adam experienced and what God wanted to do in him. And so we're going to look at that tonight. But I'm calling this sermon. Look to your neighbor and say, don't waste the wait. Don't waste it. Let me pray for us. God, we love you. As we dig into your word, teach us tonight. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. How many of you have ever had to wait for something? Y'all are weak. How many of you have ever had to wait for something? Okay, so I'm, I'm continually amazed at how much I hate waiting. We were on a trip a couple, uh, a couple weeks ago. We went to Florida for vacation. We're flying back from Florida. We get into Houston, and we realize we have a five-hour layover, and we don't want that five-hour layover. Come y'all with me. So we buy a different flight, of course, one with an hour-and-a-half layover. And so we literally went out of our way, spent more points to get, a, to get a flight that left earlier in the day so that we wouldn't have to wait three more hours. We just hate waiting. Okay, how many of you can relate with, uh, you're driving home, maybe it's after, let's say it's after church on a Sunday. You're like, 11.30 service, gets out a little bit late, 1 o'clock. You're like, man, I'm starving. I planned on cooking lunch today, but you stop off at, ch- no. Don's. You stop off at Don's. You could go home and, and cook the groceries that you bought. You know what I'm saying? Like you already went on Friday and you're like, man, I'm going to do so good this week. I'm going to eat healthy. No dairy or sugar. You know what I'm saying? Like, but we end up stopping because we don't want to wait on lunch to get ready. We don't want to wait till 2.30 and eat. We need to eat right now. How many of you remember when, probably none of you, but when call waiting was like invented what call waiting okay so oh please so basically when we used to call somebody they would not answer and you would get an answering machine but now when you call a lot of places you call them and they don't answer and it's like you are number three in the queue how many of you ever heard that or what music would you like to listen to while you wait? <laughs> That's my favorite, like uh, classical, duh. Uh, so, but now, since our culture has, has leaned so far to, I'm not waiting for anything, they now ask you, hey, would you want us to call you back when it's your time in line? That's crazy. The automated system now says, hey, give us your number and we'll call you back when it's your turn. Insane. We do, we do not like to wait. We do not like to wait. We've been trained not to wait. I have a microwave generation. How many of you would rather microwave that Hot Pocket? No Hot Pocket fans? Wow, this is... We're going we're gonna to make this an altar. 
all you sinners, get up here. <laughs> like, I would just rather microwave something real quick and eat it than, than wait on the oven to heat up to 350 and then put it in there for 20 minutes. I'm waiting 50 minutes just to eat something. Get out of here. We need, we need something quick. But listen, I want you to know there's purpose in your waiting. We're being trained. The culture is teaching us, hey, you don't have to wait for this. You can move past it. There's an easier option. There's a quicker option. There is purpose in your waiting. Let me ask you a question. Is there something God wants to do in you right now? Is there something God wants to do in you right now in this season of your life? I want to look at four things that I pulled from this story as I prayed and, and read through this scripture that I feel like Adam had to maneuver and navigate as he waited for Eve, waited for this relationship that God promised to him. Point number one is if you're taking notes, while I'm waiting, I will have vision for this season. I will have vision for this season. Proverbs 29:18 says, "Where there is no vision, people die." <laughs> okay. People people will perish. Listen, where there's no vision, people give up. Where there's no vision, people say, "Ah, uh, I'm just kind of frustrated. This isn't going how I planned. I'm going to go ahead and head out of here. I'm going to figure out my own way to do this thing." Uh you know what? That's not quite worth it to me anymore. I'm going to figure out something else. Where there's no vision, people will find some other way to go. They will perish. God gave Adam a vision. He said, hey, uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to bring you a helper, but until then, I want you to work this garden. Uh, I'm going to bring you a helper, but until then, I want you to name all these animals. You know that dude was like, all of them? <laughs> That's what my answer would have been like. He said, all of the animals in the world, the ones who swim, the ones who fly, the ones who crawl on the ground, and you know that dude is like, okay, where's, where's my iPad? Or I don't know what he asked for. But I, I was thinking back to my time in ministry. I knew that in 2009, I wanted to be in full-time ministry. I wanted to be a pastor. I didn't know if I wanted to, I didn't know it was going to be college. I didn't know it was going to be a church. I didn't know what it was going to be. But it wasn't until 10 years later until I stepped into full-time pastoral ministry. So if I would have thought, man, I'm just going to hold out here. I'm going to wait until that time comes. I would have missed out on a lot of what God wanted to do to prepare me for what I had coming. For a lot of you, God has something for you. It's coming. Your future is bright. Your relationships are going to be strong. The, the families that you end up raising up are going to be amazing, God-honoring families. But right now, what vision do you have for your life? What vision do you have right now that is going to cause you to grow? What is the vision that you have? Whatever you look for, you're going to find. So right now, if you're looking for just any relationship, I'm ready to be in a relationship, you're going to find just any relationship. You can do it. I promise. I believe in you. <laughs> but if you're looking for a relationship that honors God, that's going to be the best that God has for you, I'm going to tell you, it may not come immediately, but you're going to have patience and grace when it doesn't turn out like you think it would. So what are you looking for? What's the vision that you have? For some of you, like for me, when I first started out, I knew that, man, I want to be in pastoral ministry, but right now I can lead a life group. Right now I can greet on Sundays. Right now I can get involved on the weekend and I can run a camera on stage. I, I did anything to be around the things that God was doing. 
For some of you, that's the step to take. What's the vision you have right now? For some of you, it could be joining a life group. For some of you, it could be dating less. For some of you, it could be dating. <laughs> for some, for some, it's get, get around a mentor that can spot these, these, these areas of your life that are blind spots for you. What's the vision for your life? Not having vision is like aiming at a target blindfolded. You're looking for the target, you want to hit it, but you don't really even know where to get, like, what am I, what? Like, I want to be there, but I don't really know where there is. That's what it's like with no vision, trying to aim for something, relationships. What's your vision right now? Point number two, I will focus on me. Say, I will focus on me. Turn to your neighbor and say, time to go to work. Hey. I want you to think about this. I saw somebody post this on Instagram. I don't, remember, no, I don't remember who it was. Singleness should not be a season of waiting, but a season of working. Whew. Singleness should be a season of working. So God showed up, said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you a helper. And then he says, he doesn't just say, so he made him fall into a deep sleep. Took, an, took a rib from Adam's side and created woman. That's not how it went. God said, okay, I'm going to make you a helper. So God gathered up the dust from the ground and made a couple animals and then said, hey, Adam, why don't you name all of these things? And Adam's like, I, I can't imagine how long this took. For some of you, this is a sentence in the Bible. I don't know if you really know how long it takes to name all the animals. I don't know if it was the ark full of animals uh, before the ark was built. I don't know how they got there. If they were just lined up for, I don't know if he had to go wrangle them up. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how this process worked, but it surely wasn't like just a picture of animals. And he's like, uh, fox, squirrel, hippopotamus. Did the dinosaur, what? Uh, like, I'm sure this took months, weeks maybe, could be years. So Adam's sitting here and he's processing through and he's naming all these animals. And I'm sure at some point he's, he's like, man, what? This is taking so long. What happened to the helper that I was promised? At some point, he's like, I'm doing a lot of work right. God wanted to do so much in Adam that it took time to prepare, to, to build character, to build the, the craving. Hey, God, I, I may need a helper, but God said, hey, I want you to know that I am your helper first. I need you to create in, your, in yourself so much of a dependence upon me, and then I can give you somebody. Like, I, I want to know that exchange. I want to ask those questions when I get to heaven and say, God, what was that exchange like with Adam? What did God do in Adam while he was there? Develop character, discipline, endurance, a hope that would not fail, re reliance upon Christ, trust, a confidence that was unwavering. God, I, I, I trust that, man, I don't know what's happening right now, God, but I trust that you're doing a work in me. Peace. So much more. Proverbs 18 says, The man who finds a wife finds a treasure. I want to encourage you tonight. Marriage is not, is not something that God promises to people. He says right here, A man who finds a, a, a wife finds a treasure. Marriage and singleness are a gift. What does God want to do? What does God want you to do right now in this season? He's preparing you. He wants so much for you. He has so much for you. What can we do right now? 
Are you becoming the guy or girl someone's looking for? I'm going to ask you another question after this. Are you becoming the guy or girl that someone's looking for? Is there anything in your life right now that your future spouse would be hurt by? I've told this story in our, in our relationship before. When I was probably 12 years old, I got addicted to pornography. I didn't really attack that. I, I, I was like dabbling in it. I was overcoming it. I was in ministry, so I was, but I never dealt with the sin and selfishness in my life until after we started dating. And let me tell you, it became something that I wished I would have gotten rid of because of the hurt it caused my wife. And some of you are dabbling in something right now that's going to end up destroying something later. What do you need to get rid of? What do you need to cut off like Pastor Seth talked about last week? I don't want your waiting season to become your I wish season. The season where you walk into and been like, man, I wish I would have. I wish I would have sought God more. I wish I would have dealt with my sin and selfish desires more. I wish I would have slept around less. I wish I would have honored people in my relationships more. I wish I would have surrendered everything I had. What is that thing that in, the, in this next season of your life that you could surrender right now? What is that? I'm going to work. Tell your neighbor, time to go to work. Proverbs 31, verse 10 says, Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. Proverbs 31 talks about all these qualities in a godly woman. Women, I'm going to ask you right now, who are you becoming? Who are you becoming? Men, it's your turn. RP. I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Colossians 3.19 says, Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Ephesians 5 says, Love your, love your wife as Christ loved the church. What did Christ do? Died for the church. Men, let me tell you, are you selfless enough to serve your wife and put down everything that you want to serve her? No. Nah. Because <laughs> it's a daily battle. Listen, men, who are you becoming? Right, I'm not talking about in a year. I'm talking right now. Be the person that your future spouse wants to date. Be God's best for who you're going to end up dating in the future. I'm telling you, now is the time that we get to go to work for that. Point number three. Oh, I had this stat. Men, this is for you. 83% of women are attracted to men who can cook. Who are you becoming? If you can't make homemade gravy... You ain't getting a date, I can tell you that right now. I don't care what that meal is, whatever it is. Point number three, I will trust God. I'm going to go through these real quick. I will trust God. I don't see in here where Adam kept reminding God, hey, do you remember you promised me a helper? Hey, do you remember that time that you said, God, where is, where is she? Where's the, where's the helper you promised me? Do you trust God with your relationships? A lot of times for me, it's easy to trust God in a certain area. But in other areas, it's not. Like, I, wanna, I want God to be Lord of all, 
but just the areas that are all right. You know what I mean? Like, just the areas that are that kind of I got together, but the ones that I don't have together, I want to keep those close so I can work on those. You know, y'all know what I'm saying? Do you trust God with your relationships? It's like this. I got this brand new phone. This is an early release iPhone 13. For real. Brand new box. I'll pull it out. Brand new phone. Brand new phone. Okay. These don't release until September. These don't release until September. If I asked any of you if you wanted this, a lot of you would come up here and just want it. But if I were to tell you, hey, but I don't have any of the internal components in the phone. The camera lens isn't installed yet because the, the state-of-the-art technology, I just haven't got the chance to put it in there yet. The, the Ionic battery or the Ionic chip that's going to be the fastest that has ever been, man, it's just not in yet. The battery, haven't got it installed. There's so much that, man, this phone could do, but I'm going to let you know, you could have it, but it's not quite ready. This is how we're handling our relationships. We see something that's so promising. We see something that's so appealing. But we want it before it's ready. And some of you are giving all you have to have this. And I'm telling you, God's saying, hey, if you just let me hold on to this for a little bit, if, if you trust me, I will give you everything you thought you would be getting. But it's going to take just a little bit longer. So for those of you who find yourself waiting in the room, who are, who are craving a relationship, I want you to know God's up to something. He's making in you, he's building in you, he's creating in you the right woman, the right man of God, the one that he planned long ago for you to become. Don't, don't settle too early. Don't have a lack of vision. Don't, don't give up. Because I promise you, what you thought you would get, you will. I promise you. God doesn't withhold things, hold, withhold good things from his children. He gives perfect gifts. And lastly, point number four, I will break up. <laughs> Some of y'all be like, what? <laughs> I'm single, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> I will break up. This is what I mean. I will break up with cultural context and standards. Some of you think that your dating life will look like The Bachelorette. And you go into Don's and Andy's. There's no horse and carriage ride. There's no helicopter over the ocean. There's no candlelit dinner on the beach. There's just Slim Chickens. I love Slims. I'm just saying a lot of our perspectives need to shift. But I also know that was talking about the, the fantasy dating, fantasy love lives that we, that we think about. And I'm picking on The Bachelorette because I think it's trash. But a lot of us need to break up with what our friends always do. I mean, I see them doing it. 
that it must be okay. They say they love God. We need to break up with what, what we look for, what we're paying attention to. God's culture tells you to focus on the outward appearance, what you see, what you can get from them. Their Instagram feed. Hello. Ladies, I'm just telling you, you can't, you can't put a Bible verse in the bio. They're looking at your feed. Like, who are you becoming? If you want a strong, godly man, the feed tells a lot about who you are. Girls, we're taught to go after the smooth talkers, the most popular, the physical appearance. Like the guys in the gym posting selfies on Instagram. Like, what are we searching for? What are we taught to look at? Who likes my TikToks? Like, is that even a thing? Okay, I acted like I, I don't have TikTok, so could not be. Listen, culture is telling us what to look for. Culture is showing us and telling us what to expect. What do we need to break up with tonight? What do we need to break up with in our, in our minds? The things we think about, the things we watch, the things we let into our hearts. Scripture says to protect your hearts, to guard your hearts, because it is the wellspring of life. Everything flows from it. What are we protecting? And I just want you to know that you may be in here and you may be saying, hey, I've messed it up. I haven't done right. Man, I'm here to tell you God's grace is enough for you. The standard that Jesus set is not perfection in the list of things you do and don't do in dating or in singleness. The standard is the cross. We get our worth and our identity and, and who we are from Jesus himself, not because we, we obey a list of do's and don'ts. That was the old law. That was the covenant in the Old Testament. We have the blood of Christ who washed us brand new, who gave us grace. And we can make mistakes. Some of you have made a lot of mistakes. I've made a ton of mistakes. The grace is enough for you. I want you to, to say, I'm a work in progress. No, 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 that was weak. I'm a work in progress. That's exactly right. Don't expect too much of yourself. When I got down on my knee in front of, the, in front of worship, right there in front of the stage in the chapel, I remember my humility led me to kneel down before God and say, God, whatever you want from me. And he said, I can work with that. Some of you in here, the only step you need to take is say, God, I don't know what I'm doing. Help me. I can work with that. Some of you need to say, man, I, I got vision for this season of my life. I can work with that. Some of you need to get to work in this season. Say, God, what do I need to work on in my life? What areas do not look like you? What areas do I need to, to look at and, and, and work on? I can work with that. God wants to walk through this with you. He, he's not expecting you to do it alone. He's not expecting you to have it all right. But I'm telling you, when you do get it right and you get into that relationship and you know you've done the work, you've had the vision, you've trusted God through the process, and when you get there, how many of you have ever heard people say, oh, you just know? 
You just know you know. Like, how many of you that's so frustrating? Yeah, it's stupid. The peace that comes in that moment is by the work you've done before. Is in this season saying, okay, God, I'm not quite, quite where I want to be, but I'm going to become who you want me to be, and I'm going to trust you along the way. And whenever that person comes into my life, I'm going to trust that it's from you. And I'm going to have people around me that are going to talk to me. I'm going to ask questions. And they're going to guide me in that, in that way. And I'm going to know because I feel a peace from God because the people around me love them too. And I'm going to be confident because I'm confident in Christ. That's how people can say, I just knew. I just knew. I want to pray for us in here. God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you that.